Hi, we're Robin and Shelby, and you're listening to the Rising Rebel podcast. Through this podcast, our vision is to empower women to go for their dreams and have the courage to stand in their power. If you are someone who wants to live consciously, explore and shift your mindset, deepen your desire for personal growth, and really rebel against the shoulds and limiting beliefs that are holding you back, you've come to the right place. Here, we dig deep into the journey back to self and uncover that inner knowing that allows us to live from a place of alignment and authenticity. If the universe has placed us in your path, get ready because we're going on a wild and expansive ride. If you're on a journey of self-discovery, we've created something spectacular for you. It's called the Evolve and Expand Online Retreat, and it's launching this fall. We're curating the best teachers, experts, and coaches from around the globe to bring you a -a one-of-a-kind learning experience. Some of our own biggest breakthroughs have happened when we least expected it, and often from leaders and teachers who weren't even on our radar. We believe that blending and finding a balance of modalities to serve, expand, and evolve your mind, body, and soul is really the secret sauce to initiating quantum shifts. Visit www.evolveandexpandretreats.com and sign up to be notified when tickets are available for pre-sale. It's coming soon, and trust us, you don't want to miss out on this. On today's show, we have Juliette Caraman. It was such a juicy conversation that we had, and she even led me through a live demonstration of her R4 method, so I cannot wait for you guys to experience that. She shares so much wisdom and will have you really evaluating your life throughout this episode. Juliet is a mentor, author, and guide specializing in empowering visionaries and leaders to transform their lives. With expertise in relationships, trauma, healing, spirituality, and body shame, Juliet focuses on reinventing the most important relationship of all, the one with oneself. Through her coaching and retreats, Juliet has mentored thousands of women, helping them rewrite their relationship with self and restore their bodies, minds, and spirit. She utilizes her unique rapid release, rewire, and restore method. Juliet's mission is to create a world where everyone reconnects with their true selves, prioritizing pleasure, spirituality, and sensuality. She believes that feeling fully you is the ultimate medicine for our world today. As a mother of four independent adults, Juliet's love for her family is fierce. She embraces life with laughter and joy, possessing an infectiously outrageous laugh. Get ready for an incredible episode. Welcome, Juliet, to the Rising Rebel podcast. We are so thrilled to have you here. When I say we, I mean me. It's Shelby here in the studio today with you. And yeah, welcome to our show. Shelby, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because we don't personally know each other. Um, we're we're kind of connected through the social media world. But I just have to start by saying there's something so magnetic about your energy. Like when I... it's almost as if I've known you forever. And I don't know if you get this a lot, probably I'm thinking you do because you just kind of have that type of personality where people are like, oh, we've been friends forever. And you're like, no, we've never met. (laughs) But there's something, yeah, there's something very uh, magnetic about your energy. And I'm kind of thinking that from the stuff I do know about you, what's really coming through is authenticity. Mm. 
thank you. Well, authenticity is definitely one of my pillars of my business, right? Um, mm -hmm. Authenticity, sovereignty, and really truth, trust, and pleasure, scrumptiousness, you know, really, those are the key things that I build my life that I build my business on. And it's funny that you say to me, it's like, hey, I feel like I've known you forever, because I do get that from people. And they're like, yeah, but I know you. And I'm like, we've never met but you know yeah, yeah you probably know me because i'm everywhere right and and we are all interconnected and you can actually then feel when someone has their heart open and has a lot of experience and things and, and doesn't judge because you know i think we're all judgy but you know we're kind of like yeah there's no charge in it anymore let people be right and let them be their their fullness and 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 really that is the beauty where you can see that one person can just turn someone else on and then they can shine their light and that that really does become the ripple effect. Well, as you said, the words you can tell when somebody has their heart open, that sums it up so perfectly for me. And I actually, in your presence, I feel my heart opening. Mm -hmm. I could actually feel that physically happening in my body. And so, yeah, you're right. That's exactly what the intangible thing when you said my heart is open. That's what I can feel from you. Now, has it, I want to kind of get into your story a little bit and, you know, has it always been that way? Have you always had a very open heart or is this something that you have had to uh, cultivate throughout your life. It's interesting, right? I was going to show you my nails because I showed these to someone yesterday and they're like, oh my God, oh, are yeah. you going to get your little crystal ball out and, and do reading? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I just have these like funky nails with lots, lots of like stars on them. My kids are like, you're funny. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> just a little side note. But oh yeah. I'm kind spunk. of thinking like, I've always had my heart open, but I think, you know, I'm very empathetic, very feeling a lot, you know, and I could feel energy and I could see energy as a kid. And then that kind of just shut down. When I moved to Texas, when I was 12, I used to be able to actually read uh, the, the mind of the read, you know, I could pick up on what my biology teacher was thinking. So we'd kind of like play and, and draw cards and I'd you know, tell him which one he, he drew across the room. So it's just like that. Oh, wow. I, I had all that intuition and all of us do have this, but then we shut it down because people think we're weird or we're this or we're that. So I really did have to work on opening my heart again. I was judgy as shit, you know, I mean, let's be honest, we can all be massively judgy. Yeah. And I thought that I knew the best for other people. So I kind of like lived, I'm a mother of four kids. And then I got together with a guy with three kids. So we had seven children at one point. And I was just trying to give and give and give and give. And you can't always give from an empty cup, right? From a part that just doesn't work anymore. So I had to really learn to listen to my body. When it broke down for nine months, I was in hospital and it was like, oh, okay, got to learn how to feed myself first. And then, you know, yes, you can have your, your heart open, your body open, your emotions open, and you can get rid of that emotional charge that you have with people, with situations. And then it's just like, yeah, my heart is open now pretty much constantly. 
Mm -hmm. You mentioned, um, I don't know where I saw this, if it was in another podcast or in some uh, content that you've shared, but you said you are a recovering over giver. (laughs) So that's something that I think is going to light a lot of like light bulbs off for our listeners. Like, oh yeah, who can raise your hand to being a recovering over giver, right? Raising both hands here. (laughs) So... What's the what is the antidote to that, or what's your um, answer for when people are like, "Hey, I know that I do this." A, where does it come from, and what's some steps on like how we can start working through that? Beautiful, beautiful, and both my hands are still up, and and I would say really the emphasis is on recovering, yeah, because we can't ever. Yeah completely have have stepped out of it yes you can but then you swing the other way so it's kind of like yeah with the duality of life do we want to swing in between both or can we actually just have that beautiful choice where we can overgive in a certain um situation but then not in everything in our life and really i was talking about that this morning it's like where are these patterns you know like we now start becoming aware of things so One of my quotes is awareness is the first step towards self-love. So once you start becoming aware of your patterns, like, oh, I overgive. It's like, then we can start tracing it back. Was it your family? Was it your friends? Was it just something that you grew up with that you didn't even realize is a pattern of yours? So that's where the awareness piece comes in. And then one of the first things that I teach in my classes and that I teach in groups and also my VIP clients is, how does no feel in your body? And we go through a whole bunch of questions of exercises, just learning what does no feel like? What does it feel like to say no? And what does it feel like to receive a no? Because we're so used to saying no, but no, because and it's like, no, you know, what is when do you say yes to things when you're actually a no? And when you keep doing this, you really don't um, honor yourself and your body starts starts realizing that you're not honoring yourself. And then it starts, it can either shut down, it can create disease. You can really start, start having all these ways where it's like, oh, I'm not honoring myself. So an, a, a really easy question is, would you like to go out to dinner tonight? And then just check in to yourself. It's like, yeah. First, start by asking yourself a question that you know is going to be no. Like um, Mm. you ask yourself, is my name Juliet? You know, that's going to be no. And then just really check in with yourself. What does that feel like in your body? You can get up and you can do the sway test. You can do some um, muscle testing. So you can stand up and you can ask the question, is my name Juliet? Okay. My body goes forward. Is my name Shelby? My body goes goes back. So you can kind of see what that is for you and for everyone that might be different. But ask yourself a yeah. yes and a no question and notice what happens in your body. And then you can check in with your body every single time because that's how we really become somatically aware. It's like, oh, do I really want to do that? Okay, I love this conversation because Robin and I, through The Rising Rebel, we really talk about having... Um, discernment and really following your intuition. And this takes it to the whole next level because we know logically that you have to be able to check in. And we say all the time, 
it's really important to check in with yourself when you're making decisions or knowing what's right for you. But this actually gives people like almost a tangible tool that they can start practicing to notice where that no or yes comes from in their body. Because mm-hmm. I think that is a really missing piece. We hear all of these um you know, all of the amazing coaches and creators and visionaries and thought leaders are all, we're all talking about the same thing. It's about embodiment. It's about coming into your body out of the brain. But I love that it, you almost have to practice. It's not necessarily like a natural thing for somebody to really be in tuned. So thank you for that. Yeah, but you have to get in, in into this practice. It's not something that we have been taught. And then also to do a check-in, do a body reveal, like, get language for that, get get vocabulary for it, like focus on one part of your body, what's happening there temperature wise, is it cold, is it warm, is it tepid, is it freezing, is there any motion there, is it moving, is it static, is it um, bubbly, then what is the quality of it, is it slow, is it buttery is it velvety is it jagged i mean people are like what are you talking about (laughs) but it's like unless you can actually describe like i will ask you know it's like hey how are you feeling and probably you'll say fine but if i if i then say to you and you ask me how you're doing i'm like i'm i'm doing good and i have this feeling there's a slight tightness in my chest it's down from my throat it feels a little bit warm and there's a slight effervescent feeling to it and it's it's about an oval shape and you'll be like oh i can understand what that feels like in my body you don't have to put a meaning to it that i'm an emotional or i'm this or that but you're just like oh i'm sharing an intimate piece of what's happening in my body with you right now well, it's interesting because as soon as you, you know, my conditioning goes to, as soon as you said, my tight, my chest is tight, my brain goes, oh, she must be anxious because we've just sort of, you know, tagged those feelings Completely. with with a feeling, right? Or with a, um, an emotion. So yeah, it's, I love that you said we don't actually need to name it or call it anything, who who brought who made that that your chest tightening was meaning you had anxiety like who 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 told us that <laughs> and also what happens when you put attention on it because often that is a part of us that just wants to say like call up a little flag saying hey i want your attention and it's like oh okay so you've, i've named that i had a bit of attention there it's completely gone by the way it's moved and it's now just like buzzing and 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 kind of feels really vibrating all the way to my fingertips but it's like that is the bit it's like just slow down put some attention there for a moment and we don't have to name it it's like oh my god i'm anxious or i'm angry or i'm this i'm that i mean yes naming emotions is great but we don't always have to link the two because oftentimes body sensations don't mean that it's an emotion it could be but not always Yeah, that's definitely got me in some deep thought about what, you know, even what we're programmed to believe about emotions Mm -hmm. um, growing up, right? What they mean, how many times are we, oh, you don't need to cry about that or we can go down that road. What's programmed in us? It's crazy. I was trying to explain to someone today that, that we're actually like 
chat GPT, we have to, we, we get programmed, you know, we're born and we're perfectly perfect. And we know exactly when we want to cry because we want to be fed or want to be nurtured a little bit or, or are cold or need or not be changed, whatever. We're not afraid of anything. But then the programming gets put in us by family, by, by religion, by people around us. And that's when we hear all the stuff like, you know, don't be a sissy or come on, get up, you're okay. Where feeling actually becomes, feeling body sensations, feeling emotions becomes not the norm. We shut it down. Now, you talk a lot about, um, and I want to make sure my words are what you use, so correct me if I'm wrong, but basically what you're saying is you help people revisit one of the the most important relationships that they can ever have in their life. And that's the one that they have with themselves. Correct. Is that right? Yeah, we because we have this relationship. We we I help people reinvent it because they've gotten they've lost touch with who they are. They look outside themselves to change everything. They look at their weight to change, maybe, you know, get a little facelift, Botox, whatever, a new partner, a new house, new this, new, new, do that. But deep inside, they're still unhappy with themselves. So really reinventing, like turning the light inside to see what's going on. Yeah, Robin and I talk a lot about the statement, I'll be happy when, right? And we talk about this especially with like manifestation, when people are using manifestations to fix something internally, they think that this thing will bring them happiness. And so what do you think about that? I'll be happy when, how many times do you hear that in your, in your practice? If only, (laughs) if only I'll be happy when, and it's like, oh, that's like, I almost want to like put on the brakes and like screech, you know, have that, that sound and saying, okay, stop. Red flag. Be aware of what's what's going really well in your life right now. Name me five things that you absolutely adore about your life. And then all of a sudden it's this, 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 this. I'm like, great. What about five qualities that you love about yourself? And then boom, boom, boom. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, my life is really good. I'm like, yes, it is. And yeah, you know, we can tweak it a little bit so that you even call in more of that goodness, but not, you know, only when, when I receive the perfect husband or, or, or partner or job or perfect body or whatever it is, start living today and stop, you know, stop putting your life on hold. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that has a little bit to do with like law of attraction when people start a gratitude practice and start thinking about what's going really well in their life, that it is a bit of an energy shift, like a frequency change, do you think? Completely. I mean, we we know that everything that we think and we really do attract, right? All those emotions that we we put out. And also for me, it's it's been interesting because I have this quote, this uh, rapid release rapid relief release and rewire method and restore method are four. And it actually breaks down every experience into four elements, an image, a thought, body sensation, and an emotion. So if you can duplicate those four elements somewhere where you're stuck or something that you want to call in, then 
there's no charge anymore. And with charge, I really mean the, the trigger, right? So someone does something to you or you want to become rich. So you're pulling towards that. You're like, yes, I'm going to try and manifest it because then I'll be happy. So what happens is that you're then repelling being poor, but that also holds a lot of charge. And once you can actually feel both, experience both by calling in those four elements, you get to a place of choice. And that's where there is no residual energy left and that you can actually just get to that no place, no time, nowhere. And that's where the pulling in of things becomes really easy. Okay, I want to know more about this <laughs> R4. Is there, can we, can we do an, like, can you bring our viewers, our listeners through a bit of an example? Is that something you could do? Completely. With us yeah. Spot or? I can, I can do okay, a little, little polarity uh, practice. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. All right. So what are two opposites that still hold a bit of charge for you? Two opposite things. Do you want me to answer? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, well, I, I resonate with the, um, you know, the money, money and poor, the money. Okay. So rich yeah. and poor or wealthy and rich and poor, rich and poor. What? I mean, I don't actually, okay. So let's, let's use different words because it doesn't feel yeah. poor to me. It just feels comfortable and then luxury. Like Ooh, those are like the two ones you see, but that's it. You yeah. really go to the ones that create an emotion in you. Okay. So comfortable yeah. and Luxury. Luxury. Okay, perfect. So I want you to just go ahead and take a breath in. And all of you go ahead and, and do this with us. I'm going to just write down these two since I don't want to get them wrong. And take a breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. And then again in through your nose. And out through your mouth. Now I want you to bring to mind comfortable, the polarity of comfortable, and see any images, hear any thoughts that you might be having, experience any body sensations, and any emotions that come up. And then go ahead and say them out loud or say them in your mind. Yeah, it feels comfortable for me. Thank you. Oh, I of course because it's comfortable. <laughs> Never mind. Um, That's fine. It, yeah, just feel. It feels yeah, feels at ease. It feels happy, content. Um, it feels beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. Now I want you to take a deep breath in, and just let that go. Close the door to that. And now bring to mind luxury. Step into that fully, experience that fully. See the images, think the thoughts, experience the body sensations, the emotions. And then go ahead and say something about that. Yeah, that one is like more intense and electrifying and exciting and baller <laughs> like you know it's like extra thank you beautiful and go ahead and take another breath in exhale and just let that go close the door on that 
And on the next breath in, I want you to go back to comfortable. Feel comfortable fully and deeply. Experience it in all its glory. See the images, think the thoughts, experience the body sensations and the emotions. And go ahead and say something about that. Could be a feeling, could be an emotion, whatever comes up. Might just be a sound. Yeah, it, just, it feels, maybe I'm repeating myself, but it just feels still peaceful. Like, it, it, you know, it's not a, it feels really peaceful and protective. Perfect. Thank you. And then take a deep breath in and out and just let that go. Close the door to it. Now I want you to go back to feeling luxury fully. See the images, think the thoughts, experience the body sensations and the emotions. And go ahead and say something about that. Uh, it feels wild and really expansive and in like invigorating, like really juicy. Thank you. And take a deep breath in and then exhale and just let it go. Close the door to that. And step back into comfortable, an image, a thought, a body sensation, emotion, whatever comes up, whatever's left of that, just go ahead and state that out loud. Well, it's interesting because it just kind of feels neutral now, like beautiful. one's not better than the other. Beautiful. So take a deep breath in, exhale, and just let that go. Close the door to that. Now I want you to go back to luxury. Step into that. Any images, thoughts, body sensations, emotions. And just tell me whatever's coming up there. Uh, it just feels like it's really close. It's getting closer. It's coming for me. Beautiful. Now let that go. Take a deep breath in and out and just close the door to that. And on the next breath in, I want you to feel comfortable and luxury at the same time. So take a deep breath in through your nose. Feel comfortable and luxury. Breathe it all the way up to your crown. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it, exhale and let it go. And then just notice what happens between those polarities. Are they still opposite or are they merge merging? Are they closer together or are they completely merged? Oh, they're merged. <laughs> Beautiful. Now I want yeah. you just to step into that consciousness and have that spread in all directions, to your left, to your right, in front of you behind you, knowing that this essence, this merging is really at the truth of you, at the heart of you. Have it swirl in all directions, have it come through you, nurture every single cell of you, send it back into the universe. And then how do you feel now about comfortable? 
a luxury. Is there any charge left? No, no, there, like I said, it just doesn't feel separate anymore. Like it's like, well, I have both. Isn't it beautiful? But it's, it's so simple, right? I mean, that took all of what, six minutes? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a very simple explanation how I've done it, but you know, you can obviously use it for a lot of different ways. And, but this is because we have so many polarities in life and that we, think that we want to repel against one and actually pull one in but yeah then there's an energetic stuckness and i i think what helps me in uh doing this process with you is that i've worked a lot on letting the mind go and dropping into my body with these sorts of practices and i think a lot of people especially our listeners may that is a real big it used to be a huge struggle for me and i've had to really work at it and it's a common struggle for people to not get into the logical brain of like well this is dumb that doesn't even make sense why would you all of a sudden have this shift right and what i've really realized is a lot of this consciousness and this you know, work that we do, it's not logical. We're not actually using our logical brain and you don't need to, it doesn't need to make sense. But this is it. I'm a hypnotherapist. We talk to the subconscious, you know, our subconscious mind is more than 80% of of what we do. I think it's even closer to 90%. So yes, I can hypnotize you, but this actually is to feel those four elements. It's like, whoa, normally I would take people through this three times and then they get to a state of oneness. So yes, you're massively quick, (laughs) but that is it. If you think think about meditation, if you think about Dr. Joseph Penza, about all these other people, it's like what we're trying, what they're trying to do or what we're trying to get to, although, yeah, we're not even getting to anything. It's just to get back to that state of oneness. You know, if you think about Buddha, about all the big ones, what they say is like, is when you can let go of all that mind, monkey mind, of all that content. So all the content that comes up and then another thought, another image, another body sensation and emotion, it just keeps coming up. But the more that we experience it, the more that we ascend, that we go up and we, you know, we get into oneness and then we get into nothingness and then, oh, the mind starts again and then the emotions start again. It's like, oh, and then we go back up and then we go back down. So it's like, that's why you see this figure eight a lot, the the Vesica Pisces a lot. Once you start looking into consciousness, you'll start seeing that occur a lot because that is kind of like the path of ascension, the path to no mind that you have to go through it. You can't just bypass it. You can't just shove it under a carpet and say, no, we're going to get there. Or, you know, just like positive affirmations are going to get me there. It's like, "Mm, not really, because you'll be doing the positive affirmations on top of some charge. Once you can release that charge, those triggers, then yes, bring in all the positive affirmations as you want but not before. Yeah, I think they might call that spiritual bypassing. Hey, I didn't want to say that, but yes. (laughs) It's a little buzzword I like to throw out the once in a while. (laughs) So what I'm getting out of this conversation, the reason why I think for myself that I was able to quickly make that shift is because I've actually programmed some new neural pathways in my brain. Mm -hmm. And because if you you would have known me like, you know, years ago, I 
would have been a sweating and I no, I don't think I'm going to do this. You can just, I'll be quiet. You know, like I would never have answered on a podcast. I probably would have been rolling my eyes and cringing like, oh my God, this is so weird. (laughs) Like I was like, I'm a whole new, yeah, I'm a whole new woman now. And I think my new neural pathways for becoming a new person, because I really, or sorry, I should say not becoming a new person, but remembering the truth of who I am, remembering my soul, right? Hallelujah. Because um, I was born this way and I forgot, and now I've come back to her. Completely. And so, for our listeners, how, what do you think about that whole like practicing part of that, right? How can we make that like the untangible tangibles by practicing? And do you have a practice that you have in your daily life that helps you stay in the magic? I did for the longest time and I was really rigid about it because I needed to have my masculine rigidity in there. And I, yeah. But, you know, otherwise I'd just you know, goof up and not do anything. So for the longest time I had this this um, practice and then meditation and also fear inventory. I don't know if you've done 12 steps, but, you know, I have fear because and then you have resentment at someone and then you write for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and then you tear it up. And it's actually a really good way to get it out of there. And then I went to do something else. And now I do Dr. Joe Dispenza meditations, but I then intersperse it with my own R4 first. And then when I'm in the shower or when I'm driving, I'll do this little exercise. And it's a really easy one for people to start with when they don't really believe in this. Okay. And I use this every my my sister passed away and I helped her pass over. Then a year later, my dad and then my mother committed euthanasia. So those last six months was like jumping through hoops to get everything organized. So I would stay in the hotel in Belgium because I'd be up there one week there, a few days back with my kids in London, then back there. And every day on the drive to from the hotel to her, her home, to the, um, to the care home that she was in. I was like, oh, my God, what is it going to be like today? And I get anxious, right? And I'd still, after doing all this stuff and working with so many people, I still had some stuff. She was a bit narcissistic. So, you know, we had a little bit of a difficult ride. But, you know, I wanted to spend those last six months getting completely clear and having making sure that she was ready for this. So I would do the following practice. So I would come up, I'm like, okay, what's the emotion that I'm feeling? It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yes, I'm actually feeling some anxiety. It's like, okay, rate it, scale of one to ten. I'm like, well, it's at a seven or an eight. It's like, great. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and feel that emotion. I'm going to feel that anxiety. Breathe in and breathe out. It's like, okay, I'm feeling that anxiety. And now while I'm feeling that anxiety, what's the thought that comes up? Again, what's coming up in my mind? Like, oh my God, the thought is that I don't know if I can be present with her if I'm going to snap today. So I'm going to go ahead and think that thought. I don't know if I'm going to be present with her or snap. And while I'm thinking that thought, I don't know if I'm going to snap or be present with her today. What's the emotion that comes up? I'm like, oh. So it could also be body sensation for us that are very embodied. You know, for me, it's like sometimes it's not an emotion. I'm like, oh, okay. So there's like a loosening in my chest. I'm going to go ahead and feel that loosening in my chest. And while I feel that loosening, that expansion in my chest, what's a thought that comes up? I'm like, oh, it's actually not so bad. I can, I can be with myself while being with her. So I'm going to go ahead and think that thought. I can be myself while being with her. 
And what's the emotion or body sensation that comes up? Ah, breath comes up like a lightness. I feel like I can just feel and you know, feel and be myself. So I'm going to feel fully. <laughs> so that emotion of feeling fully is coming up. And while I feel that, the thought is coming up, wow, I can do this. So you see how quick that was from quite a negative thought and an emotion to spiral up to like, huh, okay, I can be in this, this state. And then from that state, you kind of like what I did early on, you radiate it out into all directions, or you can just kind of stay there. You're like, oh, okay, I've changed my state because it is that quick that you can change your emotional mm -hmm. state. Mm -hmm. And you said the key um, in a lot of your practice is awareness, right? And that to me, that's what it was while you were sitting in your car on the way, the five minute drive, you just checked in with your awareness. Okay, where am I feeling this? What emotions, what thoughts are coming up? So that is sometimes the missing piece complete. from having anxiety and snapping. There was, you know, for a lot of people, they don't have that five minute awareness piece and it leads to a snap. It leads to broken relationships. And then you got to go and have that beautiful time with your mom because you checked in with yourself first. Only way to do it. You know, and honestly, I have four kids and I had four kids in under three years time. So, you know, I didn't have time for myself at all when they were growing yeah. up. So, yeah, I, I'll be honest, my I had a temper, you know, before I really got deep into this. It was like, oh my God, walls would have understood now. You know, they would have understood if I, you know, if I've told you this 5,000 times. And I'm sure some yeah. mothers might be like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and by learning to really separate those feelings and by, by actually just removing yourself, going to the loo, going to the bathroom for a minute and just doing that check-in, it's like, oh my God, what's happening? Then you have that consciousness again. Because it's never about the kids or about the people that you're with, but it's about the emotions that it brings up in you. And you might go back to feeling like a little kid again that, you know, it, it might trigger a response. It's like, oh, my God, my father used to not love me like that or, or talk to me this way. And what it brings up in me is that I feel unloved or that I feel like, like they don't appreciate me. And it all boils down to basically feeling unloved right all the things mm -hmm. all roads lead to <laughs> feeling unloved or unworthy completely right? if we really get down to the meat of it yeah that's beautiful thank you for sharing that exercise that um our listeners can start to use and i'll use as well it's a good, it's a great reminder to just how quickly you really can check in with yourself that's now you mentioned feeling fully you and i know that is part of your business part of your branding so tell me what that means to you feeling full you it's interesting right it's it really came up as my sister was dying and as my parents were passing over and as i actually was helping them over and then i remembered my near-death experience so i explained that to them so they could then feel it and then you know become one with the universe again whatever but it, it kind of put their minds at ease and i did a lot of coaching with them to make sure that there wasn't anything left unsaid so for me, that was like, feel it. And I kept saying, feel fully and feel that fully. And I was like, okay, that's it. Feel fully you. What does it feel like to feel fully you? 
you know, what emotions does that bring up? What body sensations? How can we be more embodied in who we are? Not what we do, but who we are as a person. Mm. Yeah, like you said, oh my God, I feel like I've known you forever. That is because I really embody who I am. And yeah, I don't really bullshit around, but it, it is who I am. I like, I laugh outrageously. I snore. There, the, there'll be snot flying. I'll be crying. I'll be up. I'll be down. But I really like live my life and, and I wear it on my sleeve. So, which is how what I dealt with grief. And people just like, oh my God, you actually allow yourself to feel everything. I'm like, yeah, because I've shut down this part of me for so long because I didn't want to feel the bad things. So then I also didn't mm. feel the really good things. It was just kind of like everything was kind of like a monotone. It was all right. And I had a good life, but and now it kind of feels like the vibrancy, like the, the HD has just like popped out. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God, this is like in, in 4d in, instead of in just like, you know, monotone. Yeah. And I think our world spends a lot of time numbing, right? We use all sorts of different modalities to numb drugs, alcohol, Netflix, shopping, you name it, we're doing it. And with, with numbing come with numbing comes, yes, you get less of the pain, but you also numb to the pleasure and the joy and the beauty of life. And it can also be a trauma response, right? For in, in my case, it was. A lot of it was a massive trauma response in which I didn't realize until I went deep into this work and actually re-remembered uh, a date rape. And you know, my body started shaking and actually going through the trauma cycle, like, you know, like animals shake and that's how, how they don't get mm -hmm. stuck in that, that trauma cycle. And my body started doing this and all the images, all the thoughts, everything came flooding back in. I'm like, whoa, that's been 20 odd years that I, I didn't remember this. Right. And are you familiar with um, internal family systems, mm -hmm. IFS? Yeah. In that therapy, which I'm just sort of really diving into because I'm just so in love with it. But it's we have these parts that protect us. So we like to, you know, feel shame for using numbing things. But really, it's so beautiful because it's actually a protection sometimes from things that could be that we wouldn't be able to get through at that time, right? So sometimes it's like, it's about thanking that protector, thanking that numbing process that you've used because it's actually protected you from something that you weren't ready to deal with yet. Completely. And I see this in a lot of women that have had sexual abuse that they put on the weight because they don't feel safe to be seen. I mean, me, myself, right? I, I lost half my body weight. Okay, yes, I had four kids in another three years time. So I just piled it on. But there was also a part before that, that I just didn't feel safe because I had been sexually mm -hmm. abused a few times and that it was just like oh you know this way I don't look so attractive and I don't get as much attention but I still did but but you know that those are the bits and we we have so many parts of us and we just have to make sure that which part is driving the bus at which time because you can't let yeah. your toddler drive the bus all the time and when you've got like all your kids totally. in the back because it's not gonna work right yeah, no, we can't have like the nine-year-old making life decisions on like what house to buy. At all. It doesn't work out well. Yeah, and screaming and throwing a tantrum. And it's like, but you know what? To get into 
touch with that part of you is beautiful. And there's so many different modalities. There's so many different ways of doing it. I remember writing with my non-dominant hand and doing some painting with that. And it's just really beautiful to get in touch with one of your little ones, right? And what does what does she need? Mm-hmm. What yeah. the express? I want to shift gears a little bit before I let you go and just go down one other, what I like to call my rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. So you had mentioned that you had experienced um, some sexual trauma. And now from what I see you doing out in the world is you're really spreading the, you know, gorgeousness of sensuality. And you use the word like scrumptiousness. And there's been some how a bit of a shift for you in the way that that's part of your life. Could you explain a little bit about like what you're here doing in the world as far as that goes? Because I'm intrigued. I want to know more. Isn't it funny? So I would say like my awakening came through sexuality, actually. It's I spent nine months in hospital. Um, my body shut down. Um couldn't walk. I was I was fainting every three meters. You know, it was just really really not cool. <laughs> right as, as a very independent woman, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I can't do anything anymore. So it was my body's way of saying, hey, you're not listening, so I'm going to make you listen. So before that, I had already gotten into psychology. I was helping kids on the autism spectrum, ADHD, and autism, and and two of my kids have dyslexia. So. I tried to help them, but then wound up helping other kids. So, but my body shutting down actually had me realize, okay, so I'm overgiving. Yeah, there you go. Overgiving, body shut down, have to yeah. do something about it. So I joined this conscious sexuality movement in the UK, and it started by going to a workshop. And they drew this line on the floor with tape. And the question started with like, have you ever had your heart broken? And people would step over the the line and really the empathy piece, Brene Brown talks about this. The really the like me too before it became very sexual, but it's like, oh, me too, I've also had this. So all of a sudden it's like, oh, it becomes easier to do this. And then it came to like, have you ever been abused? Have you ever been this? So, So the questions just got more and more intense. And I remember you know, just just getting more and more into this practice and more and more into realizing that I wanted to bring what's on the inside out. So sexuality was one of the way and sensuality, actually, you know, by eating, smelling food. You know, some of us are massively sensual people. We can smell a peach and we're already like, yeah, like, like in body rapture. And some of us are very energetic. We can feel a space and we don't want to enter it because it's got a bad vibe or, you know, we can already kind of like, flirt across a room and and feel all the vibrations then there are people that are very much normally sexual right and they think about you know like the proper you know, intercourse and they talk about boobs and butts and everything else yeah. and then there are people that are really into kink and this is how i re-remembered my uh, trauma is by getting flogged by getting into these heightened sensational states and that released a whole bit for me. And that's when I went to become a dominatrix. I mean, there's like a whole path that I can oh, follow. <laughs> um, 
And then there are some of us that are shapeshifters, so we like everything, but we also have all the shadow sides of it. So it's what is your way into pleasure? So I've always just been really open about this. I've been open about sexuality. I've talked to my children about sexuality, about also what do you name all your body parts? All right. I remember moving to London from Geneva and I had my two girls here, my, my two boys in, in Geneva and Switzerland. And then I didn't know what, you know, what they would call vagina here. Is that the right word? I'm Dutch. So, you know, sometimes we get these things wrong and then British, you know, have different names for everything. So I, I called up, um, my husband's cousin. I'm like, so what do you call vagina? What do you call it with your three daughters? And she said, front bottom. I was like, well, front bottom. Okay, so what do you call a butt? Like, well, bottom. I'm like, so you've got a front bottom and you've got a bottom. I said, that's really confusing. I said, are you sure? That's, you know, I'm not going to call it that with my children. But this is how some of the Brits are, how they're just really conservative. And the more that I went into this, the more that I realized that people do not talk about their kids about sex because it's taboo. It's what have you been brought up with? Maybe you were very religious. Uh, maybe that was just like not something you talked about. So I remember um, one of the big newspapers, I talked to one of the journalists and then she did like a four page spread on when do we start talking about sexuality with our kids and how can we just normalize having, you know, bodies and they don't all look the same and, you know, what are things called and what do you do with your kids? So for me, it's really important to actually speak about it and then also to speak about pleasure. Because pleasure, I mean, my God, my, my account has gotten shut down so many times because I talked about pleasure mm. and intimacy. And I'm like, pleasure is, for me, it's what brings me joy. And it doesn't have to be sexual. It could be the way that right. the, the sun is shining on my face, you know, and I can feel that warmth. It could be the cold water that's that I'm drinking. What are the things that bring you joy? So I've noticed a lot of people are very stuck on that. I have a lot of clients that have been married for 23 years and the last 18 years haven't had sex. I've had a pair of clients that hadn't had sex in 23 years. So I was like, Ooh, oh, no. Hey. oh, no. And they're like, you know, and they come to me and they're like, yes, we want to become more intimate. And I'm like, what do you mean with intimacy? Is it actually sex or is it also just the whole getting back? to each other. And I usually take sex off the table completely for six weeks when they first start working with me. They cannot have it, but we start building that closeness again. And that often times is communication, learning what you like. What is your gateway into pleasure? How can you ask for it? How can you start remembering what you loved about that other person? Because your brain can't stay in two states. It can't be disliking and actually liking something at the same time, as I showed in that polarity uh, little exercise. Yeah. So it's we're rewiring the brain. And then when you get to like, okay, well, let, now let's try some touch and let, let me show you what the body is actually revealing. Because our mind might be thinking, I like this. But then when you, you know, bring your hands and, and bring it down near the body, you can actually see the body responding. And that's how I teach couples to interact with each other. Interesting. You're kind of like a jack of all trades. <laughs> you got a little, a little bit of everything, which we, I love because, you know, we believe, Robin and I believe in powered women are good for the world. 
And by being an empowered woman means not putting yourself in a box, not putting yourself into one category or one thing that you're good at, you know, one thing that you're passionate about. People always say, you know, what's your, what's your career or whatever. It's like, we, we don't need an answer for one thing. So I love listening to all of the different things that you're passionate about because it gives people permission to go after multiple things in their life. Completely. And I found that always so difficult. Niche yourself. People are like, niche yourself. Come on, niche yourself. Otherwise they can't find you. And I'm like, listen, I've I've tried doing that, the sexuality, and then I triggered my my kids. I used to walk around with the pussy nose as this t-shirt and my kids, my boys were like, holy (laughs) shit, mommy, come on. You know, my my, my friends think you're a MILF and now you're walking around with the pussy nose. Really? (laughs) I was like, okay, let's, let's, let's tone that down a little bit. Maybe I was a little bit tone deaf (laughs) there, but hey, okay. I I hold my hand up. They're actually okay with me. Like, you know, laughing about it now and they laugh about it but they've also seen how it's not only sexuality but how that has just opened up a whole bag of worms and how it's actually expanded them as well and how it's it's paid off for them but then I used to be an interior designer and I still love doing up houses uh, you know I've done all kinds of things I think this is the beauty like I've, I've started delving into human design a little bit and I'm a manifest generator so we switch and I'm I'm a six yeah. too so the six is like the teacher and brings it all forth to the to the world and then the two is the hermit it's like no 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 I want to go back and then you know go to to the cave and like, you know, like I'm a bit of an introvert, but I'm an extrovert as well. But you know, I do need my time like in nature and be out myself. And once you know that, it's kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's my instruction leaflet. I wish booklet. I wish I hadn't had that when I was like 12. Totally. I know it's like a whole new world getting into human design and like, oh, that makes sense why I do it that way or why I change my mind so much or. Yeah. yeah, And we can pivot immediately and people are just like, how can you do 20 projects at the same time? And I'm writing a book and I've got several, several podcasts on and and journals and then I'm creating wallpapers for something and, and doing a new house. And they're just like, and you're traveling and you're still coaching i'm like yeah i know a few vip days and i'm like it's yeah. kind of like, and i can hand, i can hold it all yeah i'm an empowered woman and then at times <laughs> i'm just like okay bye bye i'm off for two weeks no social yeah. media nothing yeah. i'm spending time with the kids and, and my loved one yeah yeah and you you get to you get to make those choices for yourself which i love Completely. so as we wrap up i'm sure our listeners are like okay where do we get more of miss juliet so what where do people find you we'll link everything in the show notes but is there anything that you have like up and coming or anything that you want to leave the listeners with I would say the easiest thing is to find me is feelfullyyou.com. And in that, there is a page okay. called Free Resources. Um, I actually do something, it's called Scrumptious Dates. And you get the first week mm-hmm. for free. So it's a six week program where you actually get to connect to your spouse or your loved one or what, whatever. And you get to see the first week mm-hmm. does that actually help you or not? and sex is off the table the first three or four weeks and then afterwards we might just send you some little hints um my instagram <laughs> is juliet caraman double t-e caraman k-a-r-a-m-a-n facebook same thing and i think i'm on linkedin as well although i don't post much there but <laughs> okay okay 
Mm. Yeah. So we'll definitely post um, your social medias and that uh, feelfullyyou.com. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch so, of evergreen courses on there and then, then things that I do new. Okay. So I often uh, like to leave these podcasts with something that just comes from the heart from mm. our uh, guest, something that you would just want somebody who's listening to this right now, who is just eating your words, like, Oh, this, I want more, you know, they're really tuned in and they're just in a place where they're ready to receive. What would you tell that person? I would say, honestly, listen to podcasts like this, follow the links, devour all the free resources you can and feel into yourself and just know that you are here for a reason. Mm. Yeah, you're here, you're making, you're turning on. So turn on, shine brightly, and then notice what kind of people you start attracting and what kind of people start leaving your world because that's also really important. Mm, I love that. Oh boy, I could talk to you for hours, but I will let you gracefully leave our presence thank you so much Juliet. it was such an honor to have you on our show and i know for sure i will be staying in touch it was incredible thank you so much for having me and definitely we will be staying in touch if you've made it to the end of this episode that means you're committed to expanding your mindset shifting your beliefs and the journey back to self we are so honored and absolutely grateful to have you along for the ride if you enjoyed this conversation, please help us spread the message by sending this episode to a friend. The Rising Rebel is dedicated to creating a paradigm shift where women remember how truly magical and innately worthy they are. See you next week. And remember, empowered women are good for the world. <laughs>